Hello, this is Tommy Peeler, and welcome to our podcast, Carefully Examining the Text. And our episode today will be from Psalm 93. You notice that Psalm 93 doesn't have a title in our English translations. There was no title in the Hebrew text, though the Greek text said, for the day before the Sabbath, and attributes it also to David. But here are the words of Psalm 93. The Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed and girded himself with strength. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their pounding waves. More than the sound of many breakers, than the mighty breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your testimonies are fully confirmed. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Psalm 93 begins with the words, The Lord reigns. Those words will also appear in Psalm 96, verse 10, 96.10, and 99.1. The Lord reigns. And the idea that God is king is mentioned in Psalm 95, verse 3, in Psalm 98, verse 6. Now, the word king is the noun form, and the same Hebrew root word with different vowel pointings is translated reign. So, all of those psalms, whether they affirm the Lord as king or the Lord reigns, are making reference to the same Hebrew root word. Now, I don't know if you were carefully listening for what psalms I was mentioning But in those psalms, I mentioned Psalm 95, 96, 97, 98, and 99. Psalm 93 and all the psalms from 95 to 99 emphasize God is king or the Lord reigns. And so these psalms have often been arranged. It seems like they were carefully arranged where they were to emphasize God as king. Remember as Psalm 89, as book 3 closed, and there apparently was no king on the throne of David, the people were wondering, God, what happened to your promises to David? But whether there be a king on David's throne or not, this fourth book of the Psalms is emphasizing that God is king that God rules, that God is in control of the affairs of men. The only psalm from 93 to 99 that doesn't mention God as king or God reigning is 94. And since it's placed where it is, it must tie somehow to the reign of God. And Lord willing, in future podcasts, we'll try to discuss how it ties with these psalms. But these psalms which emphasize the Lord as king, in contrast to what are called the royal psalms, which focus on the human king, these psalms stress God's glory, God's grandeur, and how God is worthy of praise. But in verse 1, the Lord reigns. 
the Lord reigns and the Lord has always reigned. Notice in verse 2, His throne is from of old. You are from everlasting. God has always been king. He's always been king. He always will be king. Now, it is not self-evident when you look at the world around us and you see the confusion and chaos, but the Lord is king. He reigns. And just as kings often wore uh, astonishing apparel or lovely apparel, apparel that distinguished them as being somebody, our God demonstrates His glory. Verse 1 tells us that He is clothed, or some of your versions have, He is robed with majesty. Now, this particular word for majesty is a word that's not used frequently. But, but this particular word, sometimes when it's used of men, describes men's pride for men, they should not exalt themselves. But when it's used of God, it is used of His majesty and His glory. The Lord is clothed with majesty, and He has clothed and girded Himself with strength. God puts on, girds Himself with the clothing of strength. God is pictured as girding the human king who serves him with strength in Psalm 18 in verse 39. And all his people are dependent upon God for the strength that he gives, which is a theme that is often given in the Psalms. In, in Psalm 46 in verse 1, uh, the Bible tells us that God provides us with strength. And the text tells us that God is clothed with majesty, he has girded himself with strength, and the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. You may have noticed that the verb established is used in verse 1 and in verse 2. In verse 2, your throne is established from of old. Because God's throne is established in verse 2, the world is established in verse 1. The world that often seems to be filled with chaos and confusion and disorder. This world is said to be firmly established and it will not be moved. That doesn't mean that there is not moral rebellion to God in our world. But it does mean that the rebellion in the world takes place because man lift his, lifts his fist in defiance to God, because man disobeys God. God is the one who gives us any order and con any order from the chaos and confusion of this world. Hebrews 1.3 and 2 Peter 3.7 talk about the Lord as holding our world into place physically. He created it, He spoke it into existence, and He continues to control its operation. But just as God does this for the world physically, any moral order in our world, in our confused and disoriented world, is from God. We talked about the fact that God is from everlasting in verse in verse 2. Remember Psalm 90? 
before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and to the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Verse 3 is an example of climactic parallelism, where the same phrase is repeated, the floods have lifted up, and each time a little bit is added to that phrase. In verse 3, the floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods have lifted up their pounding waves. The floods can often can often bring chaos and confusion. When water is put where it shouldn't be, it strikes terror in our heart. I can remember one that survived, that survived the tsunami that hit Indonesia in late 2003 and early 2004. They talked about being at a high uh, floor in their hotel and looking out their window one morning and the waves rising high above their hotel. Such a feeling would create terror in the human heart. But the text tells us, as high as the waves are raised, as high as they ascend, God is higher. In verse 4, more than the sound of many waters, than the mighty breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. The waters may seem mighty in verse 4, but God is more mighty. He is stronger. And the waters might rise high and lift their voice and make their roar. But yet God is rising higher. The Lord on high is mighty. In verse 5, your testimonies are fully confirmed. Holiness befits your house. O Lord, forevermore. Now, this particular word for testimonies, which is used here in verse 5, is used only about uh, 22 to 26 times in the Old Testament. And 14 of those times are in Psalm 119. Psalm 119 that praises God's word, God's law, God's statutes, God's ordinances, God's testimonies. God's testimonies are sure, reliable, and steadfast. They rest for their integrity on the God who gives its warnings, who makes its promises, who issues his commands. And because he is steadfast and reliable and dependable, so are the words he speaks. Your testimonies are fully confirmed. Holiness befits or adorns your house. Holiness is a close companion of God all throughout Scripture. It is an attribute of God, tripled in Isaiah 6 and in Revelation 4. Because God's house is filled with holiness, the Bible emphasizes that holiness should characterize those who approach His house. Holiness befits 
Holiness adorns God's house. The word adorns or befits is only used three times as a verb here in Song of Solomon 1.10 and in Isaiah 52 and verse 7. And the Bible says, Your testimonies are fully confirmed. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. A beautiful psalm, a brief beautiful psalm that emphasizes God as king. But let's say a couple of words of how Jesus fulfills this particular psalm. The Lord reigns. That's the message that Jesus preached when he said the kingdom of God is at hand in Mark 1 verses 14 and 15. And that message calls for a decision because in Jesus' day, in the psalmist's day, in our day, the truth the Lord reigns is proclaimed in the midst of a world that looks to be out of control. And we have to trust God. We have to rely upon Him that God is in control of our world. One day it will be evident to everyone. As Philippians 2 verses 9 through 11 says, Every knee will bow to Him and every tongue will confess to God. It will be evident to everyone. But right now we believe in His reign in the midst of a world of confusion. Just as verse 2 says that his throne is established from of old, Hebrews 1, 8 and 9 speaks of the throne of the Son and how it is associated with righteousness. In Psalm 93 and verse 2, you are from everlasting. You remember the words of of John 1, beginning with verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And Jesus, Jesus' power was greater than the power of the floodwaters. It was greater than the power of the winds and the waves. You remember in Matthew 8, 23 through 27, and in Mark 4, verses 35 through 41, as Jesus was asleep on the boat, the disciples woke him up and said, Master, do you not care that we're perishing? And Jesus said, Jesus said, Peace be still. And immediately the violent storm drew totally quiet. Jesus has power over the most ferocious of winds and waves. But this one who is robed with majesty, this one whose throne is forever, this one who is more powerful than the mightiest storm, This one, this one went to the cross. The word that is used in verse 1, he is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed and girded him. That particular word that's used in the Greek translation, the Septuagint, the main Greek translation of the Old Testament, 
is used 37 times as 27 times in the New Testament as a verb. And a couple of those times that are particularly significant are Matthew 27, 31 and Mark 15, verse 20. Those verses tell of how the soldiers mocked Jesus. They mistreated him. They took his robe off him and they clothed him with his own garments and led him away to be crucified. The one that was clothed with majesty, that was robed with majesty, the one who has always been and always will, had his own garments put on him and was led away to the place of crucifixion, one of the most horrible forms of execution the world has ever known. He is king. And indeed, above his head is the inscription, the king of the Jews in three languages, so that all who saw it were taught that this character on the cross is king. And indeed he is. Indeed he reigns. And in the cross he dispenses his mercy, his love, and his salvation. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you.